0: Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners.
1: And the Pedro's wide open and down to the 45.
0: Shoot sure, Fisher. Let me ask you something. Hey mm-hmm. okay, coach, go ahead. How can six of you miss a play like that? Huh? What is up, Niners Nation, is victory Tuesday for the NFC West Champions San Francisco 49ers with a two-game lead over the Eagles and the Cowboys. I am feeling fantastic. Brian, how are you feeling? I'm doing great. It was a great win
2: on Sunday. I didn't get to experience it live like you guys did, but... I want to hear all about the stadium, the city, what kind of foods you ate, what sort of drinks you imbibed in. But then as for me, I'm doing great. Watched the, the game at a local brewery with my brother here in our area. So that was, was a little close for a while, but you know, we pulled away in the, in the second half. And then, and then it was an even better Monday night watching Philly lose. So
0: that was great too. Conflicted is a word I would use. Now, how are you <laughs> feeling?
1: Well, I, you stole the word I was going to use and that is conflicted because, you know, last night I, I just, it's just out of sheer habit and just sheer, just emotion that I got off the plane. I immediately grabbed my phone, I'm watching the game. And it's just like, I could not cheer for Seattle. I just couldn't, it just wasn't going to happen. So at the end of the game last night. I would just, I think Niners Nation put it best. And, and that is, you know, the one hand was going you know, fist pump. The other hand was smacking it dead. So <laughs> let's, I look at it this way. The Eagles lost the 49ers NFC champions. And that's all we'll say. Pharma oh, tends to be kind of, it kind of comes back to haunt you, John, because a couple of weeks ago I asked you, did you cheer for the Cowboys? <laughs> And And now it's rid its ugly head back on me. But no, feeling good. Niners are NFC champions. Yeah, I think the only thing you can say about this team is that if I had told both you guys that the Cardinals were going to have over 200 yards on the ground, close to 436 total, they were going to win the time of possession battle, 34 to 25 as it turned out, you probably would have said, well, those are red flags and sounds like either a very tight game or one that the Niners lose. The Niners win 45-29 and the game actually wasn't that close. The Cardinals did get a touchdown at the end, made it a little bit closer, but I think this just goes to show you that even on their best day, the the day the defense was not... We've seen them play better, of course. But... The forty ers just have so much firepower that even on a day where yeah you did lose the time of possession battle yeah you did not have missed tackles you did allow two hundred yards on the ground. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, we saw Sam Darnold come in for a couple series. I think I think it was at least maybe one, maybe two. But you know, we were standing there knowing that the game was over. It's a Cardinals, so it just tells you what kind of team this is.
0: Yeah, for those of you who are turning in for the first time, or those of you who have tuned in before. And I know there might be some new ones from the state of Montana that we met during our trip. We're three obsessed Niners fans. who get together weekly to talk about 49ers football. Uh, I'm John joined by my brother, Tim, and my brother from another mother Brian, you get a chance leave us a review. Give us a like, give us a follow. We've seen the podcast audience increase over the, uh, the season, which has been a lot of fun to watch and thank you all for tuning in, but yeah, it was it was a great game. That is a absolutely beautiful stadium and it was a Niners home game. It was just like when they had a home game in Mexico city yeah, for the Arizona Cardinals and all the Niners fans showed up. Same thing. It was, I think they said on vivid seats 65%, I would almost go 80, 85% Niners fans I sat next to a very nice couple from Arizona who were surrounded by Niners fans, but they took it with a grain of salt. But when Kyle Murray has to go to a silent count in his own stadium, you know, it's kind of a Niners home game. Did he actually go to a silent count? Yeah. The guard kept kept looking behind him. Wow. When the scoreboard is saying defense get louder and actually gets
1: quieter. Not a good (laughs) sign for the home team. I'll do one other, one other illustration of of how partisan it was for the 49ers. So when we are walking into the stadium, you know, they're handing out these flags to Cardinals fans because it it is a Cardinals home game and they say, protect the nest. So these folks are trying to hand these things out. Not a lot of people to hand them out. Nobody's (laughs) nobody's picking them up. no, 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 no. They're literally like here, here. Okay, we got one. We got one. And and okay, we'll just wait for the next one. So yeah, it was it's like, as John said, it was very much as a Niner home game. I mean, granted, when we left, certainly all the Niner fans had stayed almost to the end. But as you know, walking through the crowd, it was just absolute, just complete Niner's fan. I saw a couple of Cardinals fans, but it like, it might, we might as well have been walking out of Levi's.
0: Yeah. When we were walking out, we ran right into Isaiah Oliver's family and said, hello. Yeah, said, that's good she, game. Yeah. <laughs> now, how, how did you know that that was Isaiah Oliver's family? All of them were wearing Isaiah Oliver. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I literally like, are you Isaiah Oliver's family? And they're like, yes. I'm like, congrats. You had an awesome game. Walked right on by. Wish them so, a Merry Christmas. Yep. But yeah, awesome stadium. I can see why they have the Super Bowl there every now and again. Really good vibe, really good sight lines, food. I didn't have any food there. I had two Bloody Marys, which were delicious. And yeah, it's just really easy to see. The grass field, which is also really, really nice and the scoreboards are right there. What was also funny was when they actually showed the Cowboys bills game, the score, everybody was starting to cheer. And we're all,
1: that was both Cardinals and 49ers. Yeah. Awesome. So we have something in common.
2: But how was the outside? Like the, you know, like areas where they would tailgate it was it uh,
0: is it the very, yeah, very open. You basically could come in to the stadium without a ticket and just kind of wander around and, you know, they had merch and stuff and some bands playing, things like that. And then when you want to go into the stadium, that's when they scanned your ticket, but, but yeah, just a lot of people milling around, having a good time, not a huge tailgate scene. That we could tell. That we could tell. But a lot of people, we went in about an hour and change beforehand. And there were a lot of people already in the stadium. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, so it, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. we Grew up in the club level. And I mean, the, the bar area was packed. So I think for the mm-hmm. most part, people coming into that stadium early to eat and have, have some drinks run until you get outside mm-hmm. and then randomly, Brandon Crawford of the San Francisco Giants was sitting right in our section. So with his newborn, awesome. so congrats with, to him. Yep. Anyway, let's get into the game. So Brian, watching it on TV, some thoughts, overall thoughts about the game? Well, I I
2: guess on, on TV, I mean, if I'm just a man of, I can go back to it. Okay, so Arizona scored first. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were throwing really, was it McBride, who was their tight end? He, he seemed to be well, picking yeah, up everything. Yeah, he had a good game. He seemed to pick up everything in that first half, and I know he went out later. I think just the overall impressions on the game, just watching it, was uh, the, the amount of missed tackles, you could... You could yeah. sense it, you could see it, you know, I know watching it in the stadium is probably a little different and seeing some of the intricacies, but on TV, it, it just, I think from the first quarter onward, you could totally tell they were missing at least you know to two tackles every, every possession. It just, it just mm-hmm. felt like it. every Cardinals possession, I should say, so.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. In fact, echoing that David Lombardi posted, I think it was today. This was the season high of missed tackles of the 49ers. They had 16. Previous to that, the season high was 14 only a week ago. So there is some speculation and some reporting that the Niners defense is just gassed at this point, which is something that we're going to to take into account coming up against a very, very good Baltimore Ravens team. Yeah, the, John, you and I had previewed the game. You know, We looked at the weapons that the Cardinals had. And we really felt that, you know, Connor, their running back, could have a potentially a great game. Uh, I ended up having 86 yards on 14 carries, but that they were going to attack the interior of the 49er line, which is exactly what they did with the 49ers deciding to, well, sit Javon Hargrave and and Eric Armstead. There was some reporting earlier in the week that's been a playoff game. Shanahan would have opted to go with, with both of them, but in my opinion, felt that, you know, with these two guys out, we simply have too many other weapons that the Cardinals can keep pace with. But in terms of the defense, I think a lot of over-pursuit. A couple times it just, it got a little sloppy, particularly on the the Cardinals' last touchdown. It looked like the Niners had him wrapped up. In fact, Drake Rewa had actually stopped on the play. It was tta who who' scored the last one, but I uh-huh. thought they had had him wrapped up and all of a sudden he bolts out and yeah. makes makes a touchdown but you know as I said, the outset the 49ers offensively they just had every answer for the Cardinals and it, John I don't know about you but it's it's now gotten to the point, and you you tested a statistic about this to both Brian and I that it's it's now becoming almost the exception when the 49ers, much more the exception when the 49ers don't score and they've huh? a season total mm-hmm. of 45 punts. No, 14, I think it was 14 40, punts. Four, was it 14? Yeah, hold on, I'm not look. All right. 14, no, I don't think 14, 14 sounds awfully low, but let's John's going to okay. check his, his, stat line here. So while, so while he's doing there, yeah, I, I, it was just, you know, when. Purdy does what he does best, when Debo does what he does best, when CMC does what he does best. That's just a tough, tough team to stop. And they had a couple of miscues you know, here and there. What that punt total us here in, in just a moment here. But yeah, overall, yeah, the Irish are sitting in a great position right now with the Eagles' loss. Now they have to win two of the next three. To clinch the, the first, but they, they obviously got the team to do just that.
0: Yeah. So I found the stat, the Niners have scored 53 touchdowns on the season and hunted only 45 times. Well, there so you go. Anytime touchdowns are outpacing punts is, is obviously a good thing.
1: I'd say that's a good thing.
0: So, some, some thoughts from, from my vantage point, you know, it was the first drive it was girls went down. They scored. They like, okay. Well, it's gonna be a game. You know, they're not gonna roll over. They're well rested after the bye. Niners come down, to score. But really, the big turning point, which everybody got up on their feet for, was Mooney Ward's pick six, where I yeah. was going for it on fourth and one. We we're all kind of like, really, you guys yeah. going for this? Yeah. early? All right. And you know, Tarberius just grabs it, and I mean, he was on yeah they grabbed it kind of right in front of us and then just took off to the left yeah and then the moment of sheer unadulterated panic (laughs) was when ronnie bell dropped the ball (laughs) and all of a sudden it was 21 to 20 and the arizona cardinals had no like oh like literally the the air went out of the building it became the home stadium of the arizona cardinals again and that, of course, everybody's got their, their phone so they can review it. Basically sitting in their seat and they're showing it on the big screen. Like, I had arms down. I was like, okay. Whew. So how was,
2: how was the stadium when, or how was it for you guys when Curdy looked like he got hurt? I looked, I looked on TV at first glance, it looked like it was a concussion, but like, how did, how did that come across over there?
1: Well, he, uh, for, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you know, when he threw it, I was focused on a use check who, who, caught the pass and then I went back and I saw just Purdy, just all I could see him was on the ground. I, my initial thought was, oh, because he had, he was down there. He was, he was down on the ground for, for, for a little while. And as it turns out, he felt he could have popped back up but the training staff, it's like, no, 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 lay down. Let us take a look at you. But. You know, he goes into the medical tent. Of course, you know, we're we're sort of watching Sam Darnold and the medical tent, medical tent Sam Darnold. And he comes out and then puts his helmet back on, which was obviously a great sign. It turned out he had a stinger, fortunately, on his on his left shoulder. So no concussion protocol there. It was a little I mean it was a little nerve wracking. But I I do remember thinking, okay, Darnaldon, one of the things that we spoke about after they had traded Trey Lance was one of the knocks on Trey Lance was that he takes a while to warm up. And at some point, you know, at some point it's just, the odds are your backup's gonna come in. He's gonna play well. I'm not gonna say Donald played well in resolved, but he didn't make any mistakes. And that was the first thing that's top of my head is that Donald doesn't take us long to get, to get into the game. as would have Trey Lance there. So that was my initial impression, but John, go, Joe, go ahead.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, everybody was, Concerned because they know how money he is. Is a little less concerned when Sam Darnold hit George kill in the hands twice. Yeah. First couldn't seem to hold on to the ball. The other moment where it was like, oh no, was when Bosa went down. They were like, yeah. okay, why don't, we don't want to be part of that game. And and then he gets up and 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 finally jogs off. So the Niners. Injury wise, with the exception of Khalid Davis and maybe Lenore still did, did okay. But I do think, as Sam was alluded to, I think the defense is getting somewhat stretched and gassed. They're gonna have a challenge upcoming this Monday night on Christmas night, but they have to win two out of three. And the Eagles and Cowboys have to win out for them to lose the number one seed and Cowboys are facing Miami, Detroit Commanders, which is no joke. The Eagles have somewhat of a easier road, Giants, Arizona Giants, but Giants have nothing to play for, but pride, yeah. you know, get Tommy DeVito out there. And uh, Arizona wasn't laying down either. So, yeah. you know, and watching,
1: watch the Eagles, I was like, Jalen Hurts
0: is like, not
1: no, he's I, not 100%. I, he's, yeah. he's not 100%, but I, I want to go back to our game. I, I think you know, a couple other thoughts there, John, and this is my impression. You know, Even when Arizona scored on their opening possession, and yes, of course, my heart skipped a beat when it looked like Ronnie Bell. I never felt the Niners had lost control of that game. Even when the Cardinals were trying to make it interesting in the third quarter, and, and, and I'll talk about that third quarter, or is that... You know, the 49 first possession, I mean, they just let it go right down the field. I, I'll have to look up the actual drive. I want to say it was only a few plays, but Purdy hits Kittle on a third and 11, uh, a perfectly timed route. He hit the hunt route, read it perfectly because the Cardinals were bringing a blitz. And that was also the play that Purdy, you know, rolled out, he, he sort of rolled out to his left, hit McCaffrey, who fell down but then you know he was able to get get onto his feet and that just was just sort of you know hey guys if you want to hang with us this is what you're gonna to to stop and so again I, I never felt the 49ers had lost control of the game it just felt like you know hey deba was wide open on his first pass all the nice really had to do was execute and you know, said at the outset john you know in the middle of, middle of the fourth quarter, we're watching the backups play. So that, that just tells that they you need to know about the, the team, the 49ers. Have.
0: Yeah. And when you're saying Debo and CMC were wide open, I mean, cause it Hell was yeah. really right in front of us wide open. I mean, you could have had trucks drive through the amount of space that they had between them and the Arizona Cardinals. So yeah, it was, it was impressive. I mean, honestly, the, the offense is is just clicking right now with, with all of the pieces. I mean, the only one who had kind of an iffy game was Ayuk, who dropped a few. But I mean, yeah. you know, we're we're nitpicking at that point. Yeah. So all right, well, let's look at her uh keys to victory. So this is Brock Purdy's home game, and it was funny because when we came in, they had the Arizona uh, like pregame show going on
1: in the, the bar area.
0: <laughs> and they are talking about Brock Purdy going home. I, I see. Jonas,
1: let's be honest to our listeners. We weren't in the bar area. We were in the men's room. listeners. that's to true.
0: That. <laughs> Wait, what do you so, mean?
1: We, well, you drink a lot of water. It's the desert. So, you know, you say so have to go to the men's room. So, uh, the pregame show was on the audio within the men's room. So uh, I'll let okay John finish the story, but we were so they're talking about
0: yeah. Brock. Purdy's always from Arizona. And they said, well, you know. Brock Purdy's, that pick, really bailed out the 49ers from the real big screw up of picking Trey Lance. But the Niners fans turned to me like, well, he's not (laughs) Roth. So yeah, a homecoming game. Uh, Somebody pointed out Brock Purdy's parents to us. There was a ton of people there, I'm sure, who were, were Brock Purdy, friends
1: and family. But he did great. Yeah, 16 to 25, 242, four touchdowns. How many times yeah. have we said four touchdowns of Brock Birdie so far this year?
0: Yeah, a, uh, two different people, too, and yeah. no interceptions, which is always the big one.
1: Yeah.
0: But really, I thought one of the biggest comebacks was Mooney Ward. Uh, he was kind of iffy to play, he came back to, to play, and two interceptions and one pick six, which he had never, ever had.
1: He actually said, I think he had one in Pop Warner. So, you know, you know go, go right. to the statistics on that. I'm just trying to be, you know, factual here.
2: <laughs> well, I did, you know, I was listening to the uh, Niners talk. Not the Niners talk. The, uh, the podcast with Mike My- and Jennifer Lee Chan. And they, I think Jennifer oh, Lee Chan. Oh, the other was... Niners talk. The, the, the lower one. Uh, we, no, have com- the... we have competition. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Lee Chan had some, a great anecdote about Mooney Ward, how, because he only played four, four snaps last week. And he, he you know, basically offered the rest of the game and he took a couple of practices off that he felt, uh, he felt really refreshed, I guess, for this game, which, which it definitely showed and, and everything day with his two picks and that, that pick six. So yeah, and he definitely looked fresh.
0: That's why getting that. I will that be one so seed. huge. Yeah. Oh yeah. Most definitely. So oh, Tim, any other keys to victory that we looked at?
1: Well, you, you talked about Moody Ward, and you know we saw the we saw the impact of losing you know Hargrave and Eric Armstead. We we talked about how the Cardinals' running game really attacked that area, and unfortunately, that problem was exacerbated uh, with Davis going out, which now has been determined to be a high ankle sprain. So unfortunately, he's going to be out for a few weeks. So. We're going to be watching practice very closely this week. Ginehan was a little ambiguous in terms of the progress. He said they have a chance to come back and play against the Ravens. So, you know, it'll be the Thursday, Friday practices when we see if both Armstead and Hargrave are on the field. But if they are unable to go, that will be a weakness for the 49er line going to the Ravens. But in terms of. You know, there's been some speculation that they may bring in another defensive tackle. So it could be a one, but yeah, if there's an Achilles heel right now, it's the center of that 49ers defensive line. The other interesting thing is that the
0: Niners will know how the Cowboys and Eagles did on Sunday before they play Monday. So Very true. Yeah, very true. Brian, the other keys to victory that you saw that, that the Niners were able to pull off? Well, we always
2: talk about turnovers as being big so i know that the niners had two takeaways niners were pretty much clean no fumbles no interceptions although pretty almost threw one yeah that that looked looked like it should have been an interception on tv but mm-hmm. other than that it looked you know niners
0: seemed to play a
2: really clean game
0: yeah on offense. yeah <laughs> on um... offense <laughs> There was one pass Purdy through to Ayuk which and actually the Debo touchdown, which were absolutely elite. I mean, he threw it to Ayuke in a such a small window, right in front of the defender to get first down. It was like, I don't know how he did that. Cause yeah when he was throwing it, it was kinda of right in front of him. it. I was like, I don't know about that one Brock. But yeah, I mean it was right where I could get it and you know the drive continues and then the last one to Debo was just like, I'm going to throw it to a, a spot and you go get it. And that was, it was like, him would turn to me like, did he catch it? I'm like, I think he caught it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we just, you know, again, let him cook and he's just doing an awesome job. Uh, right. I'll let him game manage the hell out of it. Just. Sure, no. no keep letting let him be a game manager. Keep, keep doubting him. Keep, keep doubting game him. <laughs> that's,
1: that's the best thing you can do. And 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 I I will say, you know, and, and you know me, John. You you've seen me watch the Forty ers whenever they score a touchdown or a big sack or, or frankly, anything positive. You there's a delayed reaction for me if there's any reaction at all because mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the flag. I'm waiting for the replay. I would just refuse to get my emotions up because I'm waiting for the inevitable. Uh, bu- But that, that's the state of my therapy that I'm currently working on. So I'll just keep you posted on that progress. If there's any progress, (laughs) Uh, long road. Yeah. So let's go to our stars of the game.
0: Brian, you always have the. Well, I like, I always, I always love
2: picking somebody on the defense, but you know, I know we have Mooney Ward, Traveris Ward, and we already talked about him today, but Uh I'm, I'm just going to go with somebody else. Um. I'm gonna go with well, the other MVP of our team, Christian McCaffrey. So he he didn't lay down today. He he killed it in fantasy. He had 150 yards <laughs> rushing. He had 72 yards receiving. I mean, we were talking about that one play on what the start of the third quarter where he was all alone on the on the left side. He caught that ball. I think was he backpedaling or like I don't, yeah. I don't know. It looked nuts. It and he looked. I remember I was at the bar and I turned around for a second and I flashed back at the TV and I just saw nothing around McCaffrey. And I guess the ball was in mid flight going to him. And then when he caught it, it was just, it was just crazy because I looked at the TV and I didn't see anyone around him. And I thought it was just like some broken play, but it it was just an absolute touchdown, uh, absolute great play, great touchdown. And uh, I just think he shows everyone to me. I If I was to vote for an MVP, that would be my choice, Like because I think he's changed the way that the Niners have played. He makes it easier for everyone else, and he fights really hard just to get a couple few yards. There was one play I think I remember watching. It looked like he probably would have been stopped for a few yards, but he kept his balance on one yeah. arm, <laughs> and then he threw himself... Play. Yeah, he threw himself mm-hmm. forward for another like five to 10 yards. Yeah. So that was just nuts. So that would be my start of the game, guys.
1: I'm going to uh, give the offensive line a little bit of credit. First of all, pretty with uh, no sacks on, on Purdy, and, and I know we would probably not consider the Cardinals defense that of, say, you know, a Cleveland Browns or, you know, even you know, Dallas at its peak. But John Feliciano, I think he's come in and done a stellar job in replace the Buford. That is, uh, and, and it looks like Buford's going to be able to uh, make it back in serious, I mean, him as a backup to give, you know, either Buford or maybe even Banks, I don't know if he's played uh, much left guard, a break there, but he is, according to PFF, you know, Pro Football's, you know, grading system, if you will, he's the highest graded offensive player, and he had an absolutely clean sheet against the, uh, the Cardinals, and, and he's been doing this week in, week out. I think going back to the Thanksgiving game. So great job, Feliciano. I love to see guys who, you know, step into a role and, yeah. you know, they fill the gap. So, it's all you can I would not
0: be surprised if he has that job for the next
1: couple of games.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, go with the hot hand, go with the guy who's, who's getting it done. Uh, and he certainly has the experience. Well, I'm going to go with Debo. Whoa, hello Debo. Two touchdowns, 48 yards. Yeah. You know, I, I was reading Marcus Thompson today and in the last three games, he's had, I think eight touchdowns at 400 and some odd yards from scrimmage, you know, and before that he had three or two or three touchdowns and 500 yards scrimmage. So all of a sudden the offense has rediscovered Debo and he is starting to roll with them and. I mean, when you've got all of those pistons firing, Debo, Hiddle, IU, and then you spread that field vertically. It's like, oh, we're gonna hand the ball to CMC now. Good luck with that. So, uh, it's really turning out to be a pretty special offense and watching them go and and Debo is, is really one of those special players that, you know, He doesn't really have a position. He's just Bebo. Like, hey, you go. It's almost like LeBron. Like, okay, well, LeBron play point guard. LeBron play center. LeBron do that. Like Bebo, go out and just win the game. Okay, yeah. So then, of course, the star of the game again, Brock Purdy, getting boring. Mm -hmm. But you know, four touchdowns. (laughs) I'm I'm okay with boring. Yeah, (laughs) I'm okay with that kind of boring. Game is his way to get another start of the game. Sure. Um, so Tim, if you had to
1: vote today for MVP,
0: would you vote for?
1: You know, as, as much as I am just continually amazed by what Purdy does just seemingly coming from, I know they keep saying Mr. OL, but I think we can put that one to rest by the way. I'm going to go with, with CMC just because what he is able to do as a running back, as a receiver. I think you, you have to account for him. It is certainly not to diminish anything that Purdy has done. CMC has just, I guess I'll give it to him for one reason and one reason only. And I know you have to vote by ear, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a little of stress. Here. <laughs> what he has done for the 49er team since he came in last year. Think back to the LA Rams game at SoFi. Niners needed to turn things around and he had a rushing touchdown. He threw a touchdown and he caught a touchdown. So that just shows you how versatile this guy is. So he's my pick.
0: Yeah. Last week I talked, I thought Tyree Hill should have been the uh, MVP because of what he's doing, but set out this last time. So it's always a little bit of a ding. I, I actually have to see now it's CMC and for this reason, while well, I think Brock's having an unbelievable season. Every time the CMC touches the ball, he has a chance to get a touchdown. Like every single time. And while Brock has been awesome, every time Brock touches the ball, you know, I think it's gonna be it'll be a pass, or it'll hand it to C M C or he'll give it to Debo or something like that. And you know, he's had been awesome giving the ball to him, but if you just give the ball to C M C there's a really good chance he can score. Absolutely. And that's just that's just crazy. So Well, for some of our listeners, it's the favorite part of time. It's sunshine and lollipops time or side time. Ugh.
1: That was actually the easiest side you've ever done. it entire be a well, entire season. But uh, what? Six game winning streak right now? <laughs> no one's saying,
0: come on. You can phony it up. <laughs> no, I'm real, Tim. Keep it real. This is real Niners talk. Anyway,
2: Brian. Uh, We talked about this, I I think at great length here, was the the defense being gassed and it showed on the number of tackles. So we are going to be playing Baltimore this weekend coming up, who I think is the number one rushing team in the league. So that would be, I would say, paramount would be the absolute thing we would need to improve is their rushing defense. So yes, and we also talked about this, having Hargrave. Armstead back and just everyone making strong tackles. I think, you know, I don't know if, if the Cardinals game, you, know, you maybe the Niners, I, I know they're prepared, they're professionals, but, you know, but they were playing against the Eagles or they're not playing uh-huh. against the Seahawks. So maybe there's, you know, a slight psychological down edge, but you know, they are playing the number one team in the AFC, we are still trying to fight and hold back dallas and philly so i expect you know our run defense to improve that's definitely what what i was gonna say definitely you guys put this here in the notes but that was that was my number one thing
1: yeah 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 Yeah. well where where are your
0: size coming from
1: for your size i i would say this the Niners did have two turnovers courtesy of mooney ward but Looking at statistics today and watching the game again, the Cardinals fumbled five times and the Niners did not recover any of them. So those kinds of opportunities, you have to take advantage of them. Certainly Ward's pick six helped. Certainly his fourth quarter reception was pretty much the nail in the coffin. But when a team fumbles five times, I think you got to hop on one of those. And for a team like the Ravens, they fumble. You, you've got to get the ball. You've got to take advantage of those uh, opportunities.
0: Yeah, I'll be, I'll be curious. Cause we saw a lot of zone this time around, against Arizona. So mm-hmm. I think Wilkes was basically putting out his kind of vanilla defense. Like, I don't think we have to do anything special or crazy. Beat the Cardinals. I think we can just, you know, our offense is going to score a lot of points. We can keep them to 17 or 20 and we'll be fine. So I think they're going to have to tighten it up quite a bit against Baltimore. They're going to have to hopefully improve show the Jalen hurts strategy again. And the corner, the, um, secondary is going to have to have a, a really good game, but missed tackles that that's the biggest place to improve. You just can't have 16. It's like, let's clean that up and, and see where we're at with the D so, um, so that wraps up Arizona week, which brings us to Niners Trivia Time with Brian Caden. All right. So
1: are we Christmas themed? Are we
0: Baltimore themed? <laughs>
1: I'm, uh, I'm sensing crab cakes. What's up, crab cakes and football. Oh, <laughs> you, why do you steal my lines? You got to be quick. <laughs> I'd they they have...
0: I always thought that was the dumbest quote ever. Cause I mean, Maryland's yeah. not exactly a, you no. know, was...
1: football. Well, so. we're going to find out Monday. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> this is Baltimore themed. So okay, The go. answer is the wire.
2: Quote the Raven. Nevermore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one's going to be uh, a softball here. So the Baltimore Ravens are named in honor of which literary figure and his short story. Dr. Seuss. Oh. That's it. You got <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> okay, my my parents are probably looking down and saying, "Really, that's what we spent your education on?" So you know, it was Edgar <laughs> Allan Poe. And the Raven. A little arts. Yeah, and his benefits there you of go. the liberal arts education that I put to so much use. The Raven. There you go.
0: Okay, that was the easy one. Good thing I named the Annabelle Lees. I
1: Want to I know. know how many of our listeners get that one? Okay, well, I mean, you if,
0: know, I, I have a high bar for our listeners. If the next
1: thing is going to be about Aristotle and Nietzsche, I think we're going to lose everyone, probably including me.
0: Well, I mean, you know, whatever. Brian, <laughs> next question. <laughs> All right. Num- number two, John
2: Harbaugh, the coach of the Ravens. What team did he first coach for in the NFL
1: mm.
2: before he came to the Ravens? And bonus points if you can tell me who hired him and that staff. Well,
0: for some reason I want to say, let's say the Giants. It's either the Giants or the Jaguars. I want to say Tom Coughlin. He's a Tom Coughlin. I'm going to go with John on that one. All right, we'll leave it. Uh, Tom Coughlin and the New
2: York Giants. All right, uh, John Harbaugh's younger brother, who was the coach of our beloved 49ers from 2011 to 2014, which. Team did he coach in two thousand two two thousand
1: three? He was an assistant on an NFL team. Jim coach Harbaugh, coach. or yep. Jim Harbaugh, Jim. And he was an assistant in in the NFL two thousand two two thousand three for two seasons. Uh, I was the Raiders. I think he was the quarterbacks coach.
0: Okay, John, I'll go with him on that one. Okay, uh,
2: bonus points if you can tell me in the Thanksgiving Bowl game in 2011. We had a chance to score before halftime. Tim, you might remember this. Who, who was Alex Smith trying to hit in the end zone for a touchdown before the end of the first half, before it was picked off?
1: I have to be a full confession. I actually had fallen asleep. Yeah, me too. Um, (laughs) Because of two reasons. One, it was Thanksgiving. Um, And the second was I had become a father and I had a, um, an infant child who was refused to sleep the night before. So I don't remember, frankly, I remember much about that game. Uh, So (laughs) (laughs) I, I remember being on and I was trying to stay up, but Abby found me on the couch and said, you need to go to bed. I'll just throw, I'll just take a shot in the dark. I'll, I'll say Vernon Davis. Yeah. I'll say Michael Crabtree. Okay. All right. Last question.
2: We don't want to talk about the 2012-2013 Super Bowl. So let's let's Leslie, go back. Sorry, let's go back to the other one.
1: It was a uh, two thousand
2: two thousand one Super Bowl winning team. Name two of the Pro Bowlers on that squad. Name any two of the Pro Bowlers. There were five. Ray Lewis. Okay,
0: and probably Ed Oliver. Or was it? Oh, Luther. It's five total.
2: Yeah, the to name. No. Any it's a of the safety.
0: Five. Ed Reed. Sorry, Ed Reed. Go with good old Joe Flacco, even Brown savior. This is 2000, 2001.
1: Tony Saragusa. Oh. Goose it wasn't Trent Dilfer. No, that much. We know he was too busy to be chatting up Trent Balkey. It
0: was Goose. No. Jamal Lewis. And
2: So you said Jamal Lewis, Ray Lewis, Trent Dilfer. No, not. Tony Trent. Not, Trent, not Trent
0: Dilfer. <laughs> Reed.
2: Ed
1: Reed. That's all I can think of. Okay. Well, that's it. Let's move oh, on. Mm, okay. Actually, I'll throw one other, I'll say Shannon Sharp. and Shannon Sharp. Okay. Mm. One. All right. So we get a gift.
0: It's gonna be the first time. It's gonna be the last time for a while that we'll have football on Christmas. We get, we get a Monday night game, Christmas mm-hmm. night with Troy and Troy and Joe. At home against the Ravens. My initial thoughts is I think this might just be a complete shootout. As D's look a little, little iffy. Um, the offense is really humming right now. Uh, the Ravens, depending on how the dolphins do, will tr- try and win this game because they can remain the number one seed. So I think you might see both offenses at full throttle, Lamar trying to show that he is the MVP. So my initial thought on this game is that it could be 43 to 42. I mean, it, it could just be a crazy, crazy offensive game. Like like the Saints game long, you know, long time ago. So Brian, any thoughts on what you're looking at this game? Well, you know, I watched a
2: little bit of the Sunday night game. It was it Baltimore and Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in Jacksonville. Mard had some crazy, crazy friggin' plays. And there's. I actually watched that one play where I thought he was going to get sacked. I want to say it was the third or the fourth quarter. He looked like he should have been taken down. And he made a deep throw close to the end zone and the receiver caught it maybe a few yards short of the end zone. So Mm -hmm. he's athletic. He's big. He is strong. He's tough. He can run. He didn't play much last year. But... I think that is, he, he's just gotten better. I mean, you know, he didn't play he, last year, and he, his team looks great. So
0: Yeah, he has a better offensive coordinator, too, even though, you know, the, the guy who came from the Niners was, this this one's doing a much better job. He's got better wide receivers as well than he's ever had. So, yeah. you know, he's got Flowers, and he's got Odell. So, yeah, he's he's going to be very dual threat. Them.
1: Well, you know, I look at this game and then I compare it to the other matchups that the 49 have had, I guess, marquee matchups, and that would be Dallas in October and Philadelphia earlier this month. What I'm going to expect the 49ers to do offensively, I think Shanahan is going to come out throwing. If he tries to do the CMC show, I think, you know, we're going to see other you know, Ravens put eight men in the box. The crowd the line of scrimmage. They want to get the 49ers behind the sticks in the early downs. But when the Niners came out against Dallas, they came out, yeah, you know, they had one run to McCaffrey, but then it was a lot of play action. It was a lot of moving Purdy around the pocket. And one of them resulted when he was rolling out to the right and he hit Kittle for a touchdown. Philly, they got off to a slower start, but the game plan was still put the ball into Purdy's hands and let him find his receivers. So I'm anticipating that as a start for the 49ers. I think they want to get the Ravens' defense quickly on their heels and establish the tempo. They want to make sure that, you know, not only... I mean, winning the line of scrimmage is going to be a tough battle both for both lines, for both defense and offense of the 49ers, but keep the time of possession, keep the ball away from Lamar and limit his opportunities. That's what I see from the offense defensively i do wonder i mean brian just mentioned the plays that lamar jackson you can know, made against the jaguars we certainly know what he's capable of you know the 49ers faced him uh, four years ago and we saw what he was capable of then so will they I, i'm wondering if defensively you know john you, you mentioned that for played a lot of zone against the cardinals and maybe wilkes was holding his cards to his chest I do think we're going to see a lot more man coverage. I think that the 49ers very much want to not only get the number one seed, but if they can, get this one, they're one more win away from the number one seed that basically would make the final week practice game where they could further rest their starters. So they have all the motivation in the world to win this game. But I think the 49ers will see a lot of man coverage, I think, defensively they're gonna to try to just keep the line of scrimmage, make make sure that, you know, if Lamar runs, you gotta keep it to a minimum and take uh-huh. the opportunities when they when when they happen, the turnovers, the penalties, make them pay for those things. And the four ass can do all of those things. I, I think it'll be successful. But you know, Ravens are eleven and three. They're eleven and three for a reason. So I completely agree with you, John. This has the potential to be a shootout like the Saints came with twenty nineteen.
0: Yeah, they're they're legit 11 and three. It's not like the Cowboys sure. record where they were, you know, beaten up on on other teams. They've they've beaten yeah. Yeah, they've got I guess some really good ones. I mean, just the Jaguars the other night. So yeah, I think it's gonna be it's it could be a Super Bowl preview. It could also be just an absolute shootout. The Niners have the advantage of being at home, which is great, especially on on Christmas. So I think it's going, to, it's going to be good. Brian, are you going to go to the game or did you already get? At this
2: one? I actually had to sell We' we're, we're visiting our in-laws in LA. So, uh, no, so I can't go. I, I, wish, <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. So no, but uh, that would have been an awesome game to go to yeah. seeing that live, seeing a game on Christmas, but I, you know, we talked about this earlier in the year when we were talking about the schedule that this was probably a game I was probably not going to be able yeah. you
0: know,
2: <laughs> to make so yeah,
0: this will be not like Christmas because yeah. it'll yeah. just be, you know, yeah. my family and by the, you know, eight o'clock rolls around and. You know, fill a prime rib and probably a couple of glasses of wine and you know, it'll be, it'll be quiet. Like people, it's been, a, it'll already been a long day. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. yeah, but hopefully we'll end it on a, on a good note. So Brian, you want to give us the. Answers to Niners Trivia. All right. Okay. So, question number one
2: Baltimore Ravens named as, as an honor to this literary figure. And what was his
1: short story?
2: I, you guys nailed it. Tim, what was that again?
1: Uh, Agar, Agar Allan Poe, and quote The Raven, Nevermore. Of course. That battle was The Raven.
0: That's it. Okay. Number two. How about Lee's were second? It was the second yeah. choice.
2: Close. Close. Uh, actually bonus. Can you tell me how he died? Edgar
0: Allan Poe. It's hard to stop beating. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna say it was like some kind of like opium or it was they, like, they found
2: him in a gutter of all in like the streets mm-hmm. of Baltimore, but they never figured out like, you know, what was the official cause of death. So I thought it was interesting when I was doing this research, hence why I was asking you those questions to him about jerseys and you know, you know, where my head goes when I do research.
1: Well, we can, uh, we can talk about superstitions, but I think we'll need a whole another hour to get through all of mine.
2: You know, that might be good. Something to talk about. On I, a, I think no. what we ought to do, I, I was talking
1: to John about this. We ought to do maybe a fun episode where we'll see if the opportunity presents it maybe in a, a, a bi-week or end of season, but not only talk about our superstitions, mostly mine probably, but also we need to go back to our early season predictions and just see how far off we were. Oh, good call for, you know, maybe some of us, you know, akin to me, you know, I predicted that Amazon was going to go bankrupt in 1999. I wrote a paper about it for a professor and we obviously know how well prediction turned out. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I like that idea though, about it. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Number two,
2: John Harbaugh, what team did he first coach for in the NFL? So what team hired him as an assistant? So
0: I had said, you know, Giants or Jaguars with under Tom Coughlin, Tim, I I agree with John. Okay. No, it's an NFC East team though.
2: Really? Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Ray Rhodes. Oh, the in the Philly the Eagles. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 90, yeah. 98, he was there as their special teams coach. And then he was a holdover when Andy Reid came in and then he became a DB coach. And then I think for his last year, and after that, he got hired by uh, uh, Baltimore, I think, what was it? eight two 2008, 2009-ish. He went over there. Okay. John Harbaugh, Jim's, I'm sorry, Jim Harbaugh, John's younger brother, currently the coach in Michigan. What team did he coach in 2002 and 2003? So said the Raiders and was a quarterbacks coach. That's it. You nailed it. I I did not think you would get that, but uh, yeah, he was your quarterbacks coach when they went to the. Well, Super Bowl. I
1: re- I uh-huh. remember that specifically because when the Niners hired him, one of the other suitors was Al Davis and the Raiders, and that's just because he had had that experience. and, and Harbaugh later said that I don't think he even called Al Davis because he didn't want to disappoint him. Because he was very grateful for the opportunity that that he had provided for him, to he get that first coaching you know, start in the NFL.
2: That's awesome. Okay. And then the extension question was, who did Alex Smith throw that? Who was he intending to throw when he threw that first first half interception to end, end the second quarter for that game? Thanksgiving game, 2011.
1: I said, I said Vermin, Vernon Davis. It was a shot in the dark. I said Crabtree.
2: Braylon Edwards.
1: Oh, so trying wow. to hit Braylon Edwards on there. He, he was didn't. trying to hit Braylon Edwards. Okay. yeah,
2: yeah. Okay, going back to the 2000, 2001 Super Bowl winning team for the Ravens. Name any five of their Pro Bowlers on that team. So I have here. I'm just. I'll read them off. You guys said so. Yeah. Shannon Sharp, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Tony Siragusa. You guys have anyone else on that? One? I think I said Jamal Lewis. Okay. When else? Don't remember saying anybody else. No. All right. I'll go for the obvious one. Ray Lewis. That's yeah. correct. Give you guys a hint. 49ers, free safety. Move to the Ravens. 97, he was our safety. Rod. Woodson. There you go. Uh, oh, wow. Rod Woodson. Yeah. yeah. I forgot he was on that team. Yeah. Uh, Sam Adams, They're one of their defensive tackles. Yeah they had a kicker
0: oh not... justin tucker
2: no it is not
1: oh matt Bor, matt stover remember that name yeah the first yeah the first name right john yeah uh, <laughs> i do remember i do remember the name i, I don't recall him very much as, as a kicker but then again how many kickers have i truly followed
2: well you do follow david Aker. oh no last one he's a tackle big guy jonathan oh
1: Jonathan Ogden, you yeah. know. Yeah,
2: that's it. So those guys Rod Woodson, Sam Adams, Matt Stover, Jonathan Ogden, and uh, Ray Lewis.
0: So those, those guys. There cool. you go. There you go. All right. Well, final thoughts on this Christmas edition of Niners Sock and the Ravens, down.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. The Niners have not played the Ravens that often. I mean, we all know about, you know, the the Super Bowl, but. The Niners, going back to to '96, I have only played the Ravens seven times, including the Super Bowl. So, 49ers have only won. won twice, once when the Ravens initially moved from Cleveland, and then they defeated them the other time when it was the Jim Tom Sula a year. They managed to pull off that <laughs> offset, but
0: yeah, the last How's that time, possible. <laughs> I, I,
1: you know what? I think, I don't know, the football gods just decided, hey, let the 49ers fans feel a little bit better about themselves today. But the last time they played was 2019. It was the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Big rainstorm. Very tight ball game. The 49ers were driving to what potentially could have been a game-winning field goal. They turned the ball over in Dallas, and then Lamar did what Lamar always can do, and that was driving to the field. The way into the field kick a field goal to win 2017, but that was four years ago. So we have not seen this team uh, um, often at all over the last almost a couple decades uh, now here. So um, it's going to be a shootout, but look at the 49ers, what they have accomplished this year with their offense. They have stepped up in big games this season so far. I don't see any reason why they won't be able to do again this year, but the other final thought is wish you both a very merry Christmas. Hopefully, you'll be even merrier about eleven thirty, eleven forty-five, Christmas E uh, Christmas evening.
2: Ryan, that's East Coast time, so that's on West Coast by nine o'clock, we'll be feeling good. No, I, I'm. I think I'll just echo everything what what Tim just said. I was I was kind of thinking into my head. The Niners have showed up for the big games this year against Dallas and and Philly, and. You know, I see no reason for them not to show up here as long as they get their rest. If they can, you know, come back from injuries from, you know, if we can have our full defensive line back, I think they're going to play this game tough and should be able to contain Lamar Jackson and I see no reason for them, you know, it's not to be a left down. So, you know, I also will say Merry Christmas to the both of you and. It's been a great experience this year doing this podcast with both you guys. And uh, yeah, thanks for uh, bringing me along for the ride guys. So uh, I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, it's been awesome. I am pretty much in the same spot that I was with the Eagles. I, I, I can't pick this one. I, I think I, I'm sure the Niners will probably be favorite because they're at home, but yeah, I I think I think it's going to be an absolute shootout, and I think at the end of the game will be this is the MVP of the league, and this is the odds-on Super Bowl favorite. It's either going to be Brock CMC or Lamar, and it's either going to be the Ravens or the the top seed, and the, the Niners have kind a of hiccup, or the Niners are just rolling. So I, I think it's going to be a really really good game. Looking forward to it. Also just looking forward to, we've got a whole slate, you know, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, which will be, which will be nice. Christmas Eve with seven fishes and then Christmas day with just family and chilling, And then kind of a pseudo week off before we head down to DC to visit my brother. So Merry Christmas to the both of you. I can't believe we're almost the end of the season and it's gone by way too fast. We're up into the twenties now with our podcast, which is great. And to all of those who have been listening to us, thank you. Merry Christmas. And we're looking forward to talking to you after Christmas and wishing you a happy new year until then keep the faith go Niners. Thanks for listening to Niners talk. Stay faithful.